You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and, of course, presented by our friends over at the Glebe Central Pub. I'm Brandon Pillar, joined by Jack Richardson for what was an exciting night for the Ottawa Senators. A big, meaningful game up against divisional rivals, the Florida Panthers, both chasing that final wildcard spot. Brady versus Matthew, Gary Bettman in the house, potential buyers in the house, and the Senators did not disappoint. A 5-2 win at home at the CTC, and those Mufasa claws are still clinging on to the edge of the cliff here as I'm joined by Jack Richardson. And Jack, it is my absolute pleasure to host this with you for a big win. We don't get to do this this often, so let's go, buddy. Yeah, we're cherishing this one here, Pilsy. This is uh, <laughs> this is special. I, I don't off the cuff here. It might be the fourth or fifth one I've done, which is nuts. Uh, but it's been a fun year. And pick your headline tonight. Uh, lots, lots yeah. going on. There's, there's, you know, like all the off ice stuff with the ownership. Bettman in the house, which I don't know when the last time he was here. Maybe the conference final in 2017. And uh, the Brady versus Matthew headline. You got the Brady's better chance going on at the CTC. Ooh. Probably a sold out house on a Monday night. Like. Uh, it, it was crazy. It was great to watch on TV, and obviously the Sens pull through with uh, a power play masterclass here going three for four. Yeah, 75% on the power play. How are you? That'll usually get a win uh, in anyone's game in the NHL. And this is a game that, going into this, everyone knew the importance. There wasn't lost on anyone how much both these teams needed these points, and a regulation win goes even further, especially if you're the Ottawa Senators who are just still barely hanging on. They're not uh, quite in the position that the Panthers were. The Panthers actually held that wild card spot for a brief moment, and then Pittsburgh knocked them out of it as the Panthers now on a four-game losing streak. So they're having a tough time staying up in that race. But this was a fun game for the Ottawa Senators and Sens fans as it's very rare, Jack, that the Ottawa Senators get the first goal here as we make our way through the scoring summary here. Thomas Shabbat. With a great move to keep it in at the blue line. And he gets around his man as uh, Sens admin, a.k.a. Josh Norris, said. He does a little dancey dance in the zone. And then he slides it over to Brady and he scores. That's got to feel good for Brady Kachuk uh, with his brother up against him and his whole family in there. He opens the scoring. How did you like that, Jack? That was a nice goal. Uh, Of all the ones that we've seen Kachuk and Shabbat combined for, probably the nicest I can remember anyway. I, look, I've been so hard on Shabbat this season on this show on Twitter. I've, I've ripped him a lot because he had a really rough stretch. Uh, he's looked awesome lately, especially in the last five or so games. And uh, this was one of those plays. He had another play right before it, I think the shift before, where he just walked Matthew Kachuk, walked in and almost set up Derek Broussard on the back door. And then he walks a, a fourth liner for the Panthers and just feeds Brady. Like this, this, this was a Thomas Shabbat we know. Uh, this is the one we saw uh, for, for all those years, and it was really cool to see that. Great way to open, like I said, a ton of storylines. The fact that Brady Kachuk's opening the scoring in a, in a rowdy house for the Sens. You couldn't script it any better to open the game for the Sens. No, you really couldn't. We'd love to see Brady get that edge. And that's got to be a little bit awkward for uh, Big Walt in the house here and the Brady's better chance. You're like, okay, all right, guys. I don't know here, but Brady was the better of the Kachucks in tonight's game. And uh, it got started right away with Brady getting the first goal. And shortly after that, Barkov had a massive hit on Travis Hamnick, pops the glass out. But, man, 
that was a huge hit by a guy in Barkov. I know he's a big physical player, but I wasn't expecting him to to dish out the body like that. He's the he's now the tongue in cheek most underrated player in the league because he's Honestly. literally he's a top five center probably if you're really breaking it down. But yeah, I did not know he laid the body like that. Like that was a that was a solid hit. And if you're knocking the glass out in the NHL, like that's a big hit, no matter if it's loose or whatever. But um, Hamonic, I mean, we'll get into him later for sure. But he uh, he was he was certainly a standout in this game. Yeah, absolutely. In uh, more ways than one, he definitely uh, had a good game here. And speaking of Matthew Kachuk, though, uh, recently we were just talking about the Kachuks. Just after that goal, Zook gets a penalty and Matthew rips one off the crossbar. Now, he thinks it goes in. He actually does a little selly and he's pointing like, no, that's in, that's in. The ref calls it no goal, no goal. And uh, I thought they might take a look at this one, but... It didn't go in, but that would have kind of added a little spice. Like, obviously not what the Sens want to see, but add a little spice to the storyline. Oh, Brady scores. Anything you can do, I can do better type mentality for Matthew, but he doesn't get so lucky on that one. Yeah, Matt, I mean, I got I got some stuff to say about Matthew Kachuk just in this game. He was frustrated, man. He looked a couple times slamming his stick on the power play, especially, I thought. Uh, you know, a, bit, a lot's been made about him dragging his, his team back in the playoff race, and he's probably a... a I mean, I'm saying unanimous because McDavid's running away with it, but a unanimous MVP candidate right now. Even if the Panthers don't make it, he's got to be on top three on everyone's ballot for the MVP, just the way he's playing and he's top five in scoring, blah, blah, blah. Um, but tonight he was he was stymied a little bit, and, and yep. Matt Sogard had a lot to do with that. And like that goal, I mean, or what we thought was a goal, when a player shoots it like that, and these nets, the way they're, the pucks are coming out after the way these players shoot now, if a player is celebrating, you automatically think it's a goal. Yeah. So good on the refs for calling no goal. Then you just kind of wait the next minute for a buzzer. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I was sold. I thought it was going to be one one with both Kachuk scoring in this uh, this this anticipated game. Yeah, I was a little nervous that was the case too, but it's not. And then the Ottawa Senators they go on the power play, and this was one where. Um, you knew they had to make something happen here because uh, one of the Stahl brothers, I think it was Mark, uh, breaks his stick on the PK. Scramble, chaos everywhere. The sensor dominating possession. So essentially at this point, it's a, it's a five on three and a half. You get about a half man without a stick there. He can't do too much. So you got to keep the pressure on. You got to keep those penalty killers tired. And his uh, shot hits Forsling in the throat to add to it for the Panthers and Forsling sitting there like trying to catch his breath. It bounces down. It's right there in the slot. And who else, but Eric Brandstrom, the little guy just sneaks in there and pots in the rebound goal. Nobody can see him coming. That's a very unusual goal for Eric Brandstrom, but he's been looking good offensively lately. And I think now all the kind of Branny haters are starting to see him get some points up here and you're starting to see his Corsi numbers uh, reflect how he's been playing. And y- you know what? you got to feel good for Eric Branson. This is a guy that's battled through adversity, kind of uh, had the weight of the Mark Stone trade on his shoulders, but he feels like he's coming into his own recently, doesn't he, Jack? Yeah, it's decent for a fifth defenseman, if you ask me. I mean, he's... Yeah. he's uh... He's skating the puck up the ice. He's a one-man breakout right now. Like you can't, you can't teach that. So I'm loving the way he's playing. Uh, and just to go back to f- hitting Forsling in the throat, every time that happens, you're waiting for a whistle, right? If there's yeah. Panthers fans out there who are frustrated, I'm sure I, I understand. Let's go back to Madison Square Garden, early December, oh, the game man. where Brady drops the gloves. It was Brady Kachuk game. Okay, yep. both goals against the Sens. 
saw Hamannick and Zub get a puck right in the throat, both of them. It broke Zub's jaw. He missed a couple months, I think. Yep. No, no whistle, and the Rangers scored both times. Those are the only goals they got in that game. So, I guess the refs. I think. It, I think the the deal is. You don't blow it dead if a scoring chance is happening right after. So good on them again for not blowing it dead um, and letting the franchise snipe his second goal in three games. I mean, when he's – I've always thought, you know, I, I'm an Eric Branson guy. I like him. I, I don't think he's anything more than what he's shown so far. Like, I like what he brings. I've always thought his release is kind of sneaky. He just hasn't really – like, I love him on the power play. He just hasn't really had a chance to kind of, like, you know, show it off at least. But both of these goals – Beating the goalie clean. I uh, beaten Bobrovsky through traffic and then beaten Brian Elliott the other night. So uh, I'm really happy with Branchise. Spe- I call him the Branchise. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially, especially with Jacob Chikrin out. And I don't know about Thomas Shabbat. We can maybe get into that later, but he didn't really play at the end of the game here. Uh, so, you know, you've got the guys who can step up. This blue line now, man, I could rave about it. I love it. I love the way they're all playing right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Even with the big addition, Jacob Chickern out, it still seems like the rest of the blue line guys like Branstrom, Ham, Nick Shabbat have elevated their game. So the decor is uh, not the kind of uh, whipping weak argument spot of this team anymore. It seems like they've kind of become a little bit more stable here, which is very nice to see for sense fans that's for sure. So that ends the period at 2 nothing here. That's a power play goal and it's 2 nothing, and Timmy gets a penalty right near the end of the period here, and that ends up taking the Florida Panthers to the power play, and this was one, their first goal in the second period. Reinhardt passed back to Forsling, his slap shot to flex off traffic and in, and there's not much Sogard can do there. There's so many people uh, in the way there, and it bounces off sticks and goes in, so I wasn't too upset with Sogard here as this makes it 2-1. I don't even know if it hit anyone. Like, I think it went right through because Forsling oh, got did the goal, did not? I yeah, think, maybe, well, it might have deflected off a Sens guy, but true. there was a lot of traffic in front. So so, so what I was going to say is, like, I think that's the opposite of a bad bounce where it doesn't just, it just doesn't bounce. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it just, fair. Yeah, it's, you it's, needed a bad It's bounce. a bad no bounce. You needed a bad <laughs> yeah. bounce there the Panthers. So they got lucky on that one, but uh, the puck's in the net. That's the mentality the coach is going to tell you when that, that puck goes in. I guarantee after the Panthers went in the room, and there's obviously another goal to get to after that one, but I guarantee Paul Maurice is saying, boys, throw everything at the net because yep. you never know what's going to go in. And, you know, that that's why – that's 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 what just what, any, like, hockey coaches do in general. So uh, I'm not going to fault anyone on that sentence goal at all, honestly. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. And, uh, Justin, thanks for the donation. We appreciate you, buddy, always hopping in here. And he asked, Batherson and Dabrinkit seem to finally figure each other out. Should Dorian sign Cat for an extension or offer the one-year deal? Jack, we've talked about this a couple times, but Dabrinkit, as we're going to get to, he had a nice Alex Dabrinkit goal finally. So I'll, I'll uh, dish out the goal uh, description here, and then I'll, I'll toss it over to you for that question because this was a great play on the power play for the Sens here. Timmy on the half wall. He has it in his skates. He manages to keep it alive. Backhand pass to Brady. Brady's behind the net. He sees Batherson come in from a line change and hits him perfectly in the high slot. And then Batherson does a good job of faking that shot and then sliding it over, and Alex Brinkett is all alone. And finally, when he's all alone on the power play one-timer, he doesn't fan on the shot. He doesn't miss high and wide. He doesn't try to pass it off when he has the perfect scoring opportunity. He doesn't think. 
He just does what Alex DeBrinkett knows how to do and was doing in Chicago, but struggled to do in Ottawa. He just fires that one-timer top shelf and in. So that's a beautiful power play goal. So we'll get to Justin's question here, Jack. How are we feeling about a cat extension? Like pay the man, pay the there man. Because okay. look, I've I've been all we've all been over it a hundred times all season. I think even last summer we were all going over it because immediately I think a lot of people, maybe outside of Ottawa during when the trade happened, were saying the contract situation is not great for Ottawa's timeline. I could, you know, you could see that, and maybe now it's coming to fruition. You pay that man. Uh, I talked about maybe some signing bonuses if it's new ownership. The good news is, and I know there was some news today, obviously, that with Batman in town and all the questions being answered, that ownership probably isn't going to be wrapped up before Canada Day. So that's before July 1st, which is a big timeline in the NHL offseason. So if you're thinking about, okay, if, you know, you got to talk to Brinkett extension before the draft, that timeline might not add up. So anyway, the good news is he's under team control all summer. So he's got arbitration rights. Worst case, you go to arbitration, you set that date in late August. If not, Early August, I guess. So if if you can work out an extension before that, you do it. And I I no doubt in my mind, Pilsy, I'm not no inside information here. The Senators want to keep this guy. Okay. If you're, I think we learned this season that Pierre Dorian sees what we're seeing. And the past years where he was making weird moves could have been tied to a little bit of ownership, maybe, but also just the the timeline of the team. But in the last calendar year, especially, he's made the moves that we all wanted him to make. Let's not let's not. Yeah lie about that I, I would i would agree with that so you can't watch this team and think alice's brink it doesn't fit because there's no one else coming who's like him you if you want to trade him for a first round pick you're drafting a guy who you're hoping turns into alex to in five or six years yeah. <laughs> but you've got him in the middle of his prime now you just have to bite the bullet and pay him i'm sure you kind of feel the same after a goal like that uh that stands up as the game winner yeah, I, I think you traded a decent amount of assets to get him. If you were to try to trade him again, you're just you're losing value on that. And why would you want to get rid of a guy, a guy like this? How long and how much money they should give him? I think that's going to be a, a tough decision to make. But no matter what, they got to keep him around, in my opinion. And this is something that we're going to get into in depth over oh. and over and over again in the off season as uh, be a long, a long, I mean, let's, if the Sens don't end up making it, even if they do and they're out early, it's going to be a long off season talking about this until it all happens. So, uh, but the questions it's, it's valid. Every time he scores, like, I feel like it's a valid question. Either 18, yeah. one and one Pilsy when he scores a goal. It's insane. Like <laughs> right? that's, that's so wild. Uh, imagine this guy was uh, scoring at the 40 plus goal click. Oh. He, he was supposed to be, but that's the thing too. Like it's a down year for, ba- or uh, for Debrinket. So if anything, now is a good time to take a risk on him so th- that he's not cashing in on a big contract season. Yeah. And just to, to answer the other part of that question, just about Debrinket and Batherson finding yep. their groove. Drake Batherson's been great the last 10 or so games. He's found, I think he said that his ankle's feeling better. And yep. not that I forgot about it, but the high ankle sprain takes a year. It takes a year to heal. Definitely. And although he came back and he was still back and doing all right in the power play, just his feet, his feet haven't looked as good as they have been recently. So I think that's a part of the reason why that line uh, has looked so good. And, uh, you know, they get to brink it with the game winner tonight and then Pinto gets the empty netter to win it. So, or to, to seal it. So I, I'm really happy with those two figuring it out. And it's made Pinto a lot more comfortable, I think, not having to deal with a couple guys who don't really have much chemistry. 
Yeah, absolutely. You love to see those guys get chemistry. And uh, Ross's key to victory today was that second line needs to dominate. And I thought they, they had a good night. My key to victory was the power play needs to click 75%. So look at that. The keys to victory hit and the Sens get a 5-2 win. We cannot thank everyone enough. All 211 of you in here. The postcast after wins is always vibes. And it's so nice that Jack and I don't have to break down a loss. Like uh, just co- coincidentally, it wasn't a curse. It wasn't superstition. Nothing like that. Coincidentally, Jack always got uh, the losing game. So now we're here with the win for a big time positive pillsy vibe. And if you want good vibes all the time, you got to go to our postcast sponsor, the Glebe Central Pub, located in the heart of the Glebe. They are your neighborhood Sens fan pub. They're such big Sens fans, guys. They make sure they have shuttle buses priced at only 15 bucks. a bus that takes you to and from the game that's way cheaper than an Uber. You get to start off a couple drinks at the Glebe Central Pub, go to the game, keep it going with the Molsons. Get the shuttle bus bus back and party at the Glebe Central Pub after. If anyone in the postcast is at the Glebe Central Pub, let us know. And when you go to the Glebe Central Pub, let them know that the Locked On Centers podcast sent you. I love the buffalo chicken wrap. That always plays with some fries, a nice cold pint. So check it out. Great people, great food, great drinks at 779 Bank Street. It's the Glebe Central Pub, official sponsor of the postcast. And we're also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I promise you guys, this will be the best tasting protein bar you ever tried because Built Bar figures out a way to make them taste good, then says, hey, how can we make it healthy? Perfect example of that is the Built Puffs. It's chocolate wrapped marshmallow. That's a candy bar sounding uh, style there, but it's a protein infused marshmallow. So you get high protein, high fiber with low calorie, low sugar. And to make things sweet, go to built.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Guys, it's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. This victory tasting like a candy bar, Jack, as this is a sweet, sweet victory for the Ottawa Senators as they beat the Florida Panthers 5-2 to two at home. In the scoring summary, we just talked about Cat's beautiful goal to make it 3-1 on the power play. And the Senators, I thought, were pretty lucky to come out of that second period up 3-1, Jack. Uh, that second period overall for the Sens until the power play happened was not looking so good. Yeah, that's what a high offense or high power offense does, right? You you take over games that you're not really in, and I'd say they deserve this win overall, but the second period, the Panthers were a much better team. And Big time. We haven't really talked about him, and I'm sure we will. Mad Sogard, uh, that's what now? Three straight really good performances going back to the one in Boston. Yep. Really, really happy with the way he's bounced back. I would argue, and I tweeted it out after the Toronto game. So I went I'm going. I'm going back here. March 16th, after the Colorado game, Brady Kachuk, the quote, he's the goalie of the future. That's the vote of confidence from the captain uh, to Mad Sogard after he was down on himself. Has a not a great game against the Leafs. I thought he battled in that shootout, and I know it's a goalie-friendly show. You know more technical stuff about me than me. I thought he was really battling in that shootout, Same. even though they ended up losing. He builds from that a great performance in Boston, only letting up two goals. I believe it's two goals in the like in each game since, which is three games, so six goals in three games. Yep. Uh, with Boston, Tampa, and now this one. Mm-hmm. Really, really impressed with Matt Sogard. And he's the reason that they were still in it after the second. couple really nice stops on Matthew Kachuk, uh, one of the best players in the league. So I'm really, really, really happy about uh, the way Sogard's been bouncing back here. 
Uh, Steve G, thanks for the donation here. Only question on Mads is his glove. I think that was a major concern on the road trip. Uh, I'm pretty sure TSN had that stat up where 19 of the 46 goals he led in in some sort of stretch, I forget the exact numbers, were high glove. Now, he was getting beat cleanly a lot, and it just was too easy to beat him, it seemed. Not that he played terrible, but he just wasn't able to stop every single clean look, which you want a goalie to do. If you can see it, you should be able to stop it. How do you think Sogard's uh, bounced back recently here, Jack? Like it doesn't. We're not seeing those uh, clear-cut uh, momentum-bursting goals from him recently. You you can't beat him clean now. I don't think he's yeah. been beaten clean. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, in those three games since the Leafs game. Uh, I, I've really been impressed and yeah. I just, I just love um, it's hard to describe, but, but when a goalie has it, you just know, I think I said this last time, but, but it's hard to, it's hard to spot out, but I know it when he's got it. And yeah, you can feel just it. A, even a couple of times tonight where like, you know, the puck was flying up in the air and he just caught it. He used his height and he just caught it, settled the play down. He had Matthew Kachuk in his grill all night, just poking at him. You know, after every whistle, didn't let anything bother him. Bother him, and folks, he is 22 years old. Okay, like I know that there were some concerns about running a Forsberg Sogard tandem next year. I honestly don't think you need to address goaltending okay. this summer. I like Forsberg. I think I think just the injury is tough to kind of remember, but he was he's been solid this year. Is his uh, analytics kind of support that? And I like Sogard in a backup role uh, next season, and maybe even to challenge Forsberg for that starting role. I don't know yeah. if that's a hot take or not, but based on these last three games, the way he's bounced back because they had no choice. They had no, he, they rolled with him through the trade deadline and putting that vote of confidence in a rookie goaltender. That's tough uh, for any rookie, especially a goalie. And uh, he's, he's, he's lived up to it in these last three. High pressure. Yeah. That's going to be another uh, awesome off season debate. What's going to happen with the crease here, but We'll zoom into a little sooner here, Jack. Justin S., once again, thanks for the donation. We appreciate that. He asked, Sogard looked great tonight. Talbot returning from injury. Should he retain his spot against Philly, or should DJ continue on with Sogard? I think what's been mentioned is they're saying that Talbot is, and this is a weird term to me, but ready to back up on Thursday. So I guess what they're saying is he's close to 100%, but not quite there. So, uh, Jack, if you had to pick, who are you starting on Thursday against Philly at home? Sogard. Sogard, no doubt, obviously. I, I mean, unfortunately for Ferguson, he had that great start in Pittsburgh. Not so great, I guess, against uh, the Devils. Had some moments, but, I mean, I don't understand that. I mean, maybe you could speak to it a little bit, but, like, like being okay to back up but not to start. Like, with the Senators this season, maybe three or four times, they've been thrust into a starting role last minute. So, yeah. And Talbot's been the reason sometimes. So, like, I don't know if that's good because if you aren't healthy enough to start, you shouldn't be healthy enough to step in. And not to start a conspiracy theory, this is a, kind of a trend with this team where people come back too early from injury uh, with Norris, obviously. And just a side note again, he was fantastic in the first period on the Twitter. I don't know if you caught any of that. Yep. Just live tweeting everything. I love that stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I would roll with just Sogard and Talbot backing up. I don't know about you. Yeah, that's what I would go with. I, I agree, Jack. I think the ready to back up is weird because I mentioned it on today's uh, podcast. Like, God forbid Matt Sogard gets injured, but it's possible he gets injured in the first period. Now you've got a guy in Talbot that isn't ready to start, but he's going to be playing a full 50 minutes of a game or, or what have you. So it's a weird one, but 
I, I think you stick with Sogard. He seems much more confident uh, recently, like you mentioned. Like, just making simple plays, like getting out of your crease and catching that puck. Like, that's something I think before he would have hesitated and it would have led to a scoring chance or the play gets to continue in the ozone for opposition. Getting bumped into by players, it doesn't seem to shake him like it used to. I feel like when he started in the NHL, if someone bumped him, you could tell it threw him off a little. Whereas now he's taking those bumps, he's taking those bruises, and he's staying calm. So, uh, you can't say enough good things about Sogard, who's been put into a tough position here, but has had his ups and downs. And this is what it wasn't up today. Yeah, and just to to wrap it up on on Sogard here, because I don't know. If, I mean, I'm, spoiler alert: he's not going to be one of my Sen Central standouts, but he was still really good. Probably one of the first three stars. I'm not lying, but the way that he's able to bounce back, I can't emphasize that enough. That's really really impressive to me. Uh, yeah. Just just you can't really. I mean, what did he let in like? 25 goals in five games or something like that if you i think take, yeah it was like five consecutive it five was, goal games it was awful and it was to the point where i think the first two were like the first two games first three games none of them were technically his fault they were high danger but it doesn't matter because that's gonna hit, affect you mentally yep. like it's gonna be okay i let in five on 20 shots that's my fault as a goalie and he said it three times in the media so the way, like, it can't be overstated the way he's able to bounce back. It puts confidence in me, the coaching staff, the management, that this guy has what it takes to be a starting goalie in the NHL because you're not going to be perfect for however many games you start, 50, yeah, 60 games. It's a so long really, season. Really, really impressed with Mad Sogard lately. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Uh, seems like we got some Leafs fans in the chat. I mean, hey, th- thanks for supporting the show. I know I know you guys are trying to troll here, and, and that's fine. But yeah, you're uh, welcome go- for the you're welcome for the clinch tonight, there, folks. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Leafs fans I should mean, be should be happy here. Go check out Locked On Leafs if you're gonna yeah, have that trash here. Not to, not to be that guy. You don't you don't want to clinch on a night off. You want to clinch, you know, when you're playing. So I, that I mean, maybe it's just my copium right there, but. I mean, I would rather co- uh, co- uh, clinch, excuse me, when I'm playing. So, yeah, just me, so, just me though. I don't know about you, Pilsy. Yeah, that's that's all we're gonna get into with the Leaf stuff and uh, sends fans in the chat. I'm sure they'll they'll police the game themselves. I feel like a ref here, but sometimes the chat needs to police itself. So we'll uh, we'll have our guys do that. That's for sure. So three one in the scoring summary, uh, man. Forsling, what a game for him as Ekblad kind of does a, a fake shot and passes back to Forsling and his one-timer. This one, I think, goes right through traffic, Jack, and that was a bar-down one-timer from the point. Who knew Gustav Forsling had that in him? But that makes it 3-2 just uh, after their power play end, so it's not a power play goal. But at this point, are you nervous that uh, the Sens hanging on, things are slipping away here, or were you pretty pretty confident still? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. I don't know. I, I you, the two goalies are worse in hockey, and I think the Panthers have had a lot of comebacks in the third recently in this kind of run they've been on. So um, I wasn't, you know, shaking in my boots. I, I was, I was still okay with the way they were playing. But this goal, I thought was a little bit on Matthew Joseph. First game back in a while, and uh, it was a scramble. You know, Hamannik blocks a big shot. He's really hurt, obviously, oh, yeah. as you saw after um, that guy just takes a beating, but. I, I thought Joseph, I think, had it in the left corner, full control, and tried to make a cute play where if it works, it looks good and you get a breakout. But didn't work. Panthers kind of scramble. And then uh, Forsling just has the seeing eye shot again. Uh, again, both goals on Sogard. He can't see anything, even though he's six seven. Like it, That's how you know there's a lot of traffic and you can't really uh, fault anyone except for the guy who gave the puck away. Yeah, no kidding. So that makes it 3-2 here. And... 
Hamnick, he takes a shot off the foot and he's in pain, but he gets rewarded a little later on, Jack, as I, I had to double check this one. Travis Hamnick out there on the power play with Eric Branstrom. And it, it's just one of those moments where if you're a Sens fan or if you follow the team, you realize what's going on here. And it's just, it was funny too. Like they showed it on the broadcast uh, after this goal. So Giroux gets it to Hamnick. Hamnick gets it over to Timmy, and uh, he has a one-timer, and it goes in to make it 4-2 here. But right after that goal, Hamnick looks back at the bench and is like, guys, look, I, I did it. I got I got a power play assist here. So that was kind of a hilarious moment for Travis Hamnick to be involved in. And before that goal, he got two slap shots on net on the power play too. So he was beaver tailing out there, and he had the green light. But you know what? It's good to see a guy like Travis Hamnick who – Usually does all the dirty work, blocking shots, getting his body in front of the way. Uh, he gets rewarded with a nice power play point here. Okay, yeah, so this was funny for me to watch because I think the first unit rolled out and it was Sanderson. And during the earlier power plays, they had Shabbat out there. Yep. And I believe Shabbat was banged up in the period. He came back a couple shifts, sat out the power play. So we'll, we'll find out what's going on with him. I know he's battling through a lot of stuff, but uh, anyway. Uh, so they had Sanderson out, and then the second year they were running 2D. And I'm like, I saw Hamnick out there, and my first thought was, oh, no, DJ's playing defensive with whatever whatever it was, three minutes left and a one-goal yeah. lead. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. So I go on Twitter to be like, Hamnick's out there because Shabbat's injured, just to, right. to calm the storm because whenever Hamnick does something, it's just an absolute – uh, gong show on online because it gets just, the people going. Yeah, it gets the people going. Uh, and and then I I look up and Hamannik sliding over a one timer to Tim Stutzla and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> so I I mean I guess yeah they're going defensive, but you think about it, who are you putting out there? Zub or Holden? No, I mean Branstrom was already out there. Sanderson's out. Shabbat can't play. Hamannik's the guy. He's got a bomb back there, but. Top of the umbrella was funny, and I think that might be Timmy's first like full-on one-timer from the Josh Norris spot that he scored on that I can think of. Uh, and he makes sense history with that goal. That's uh, his 36th of the season, first time since 2009 since Danny Heatley had 39. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how high uh, Tim Slitzel can climb here on the Sens list with, what, eight games left? Uh, yep. Pretty impressive from him, and he ties Eric Carlson uh, for the most points since in any single-season Sens season uh eric carlson had 82 in 2016 so the trade comes full circle officially with this one uh from timmy tonight is 82nd point so a lot of milestones on that one goal hammock power play point yep. uh, and timmy goal and a point there for 82 on the air i mean uh even i think did eric branson get on the mix on that one too no Giroux got in on that one so Giroux getting speaking of milestones that's where i was going with that uh getting closer and closer to a thousand points i believe he just needs six points now to get to a thousand career points in his uh nhl career so at this point the panthers are down four two there's only two and a half minutes left they pull their goalie and they give it away in their own zone, and Pinto gets it on the half wall uh, a little farther, close to the blue line, keeps it in on the boards, and just pots this one into the empty net. That makes it 5-2. This was such a big win for the Sens, and not only a big win because they get the W, but just like Tampa, these are the teams, you're, these are measuring stick games. How can we do up against uh, a team that we're battling with in the wildcard spot, 5-2 to win? How can we do up against a team in Tampa that has been to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals? You get a big 7-2 win. So they're figuring out what it takes to get it done here. And 
This win really helps up the standings now as I'm pulling up the wildcard race here as Ottawa now with 77 points, only five points back of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now the Penguins do have a game in hand. Uh, I'm trying to look at the out-of-town scoreboard here. So it's pretty good. The Montreal Canadiens beat the Sabres in a shootout, so only giving up one point there. And that's pretty much it from the out-of-town scoreboard. Uh, well, the Islanders win 5-1, but, Jack, we've kind of conceded that the Islanders are going to get that top wildcard spot. So it's mostly everyone below them that works. Such a shame. Such a shame. Probably the least entertaining team to get it. But Ilya Sorokin, I mean, goaltending wins hockey games. Uh, so that's why the Islanders are doing so well. But yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they need some help. They need some help. They need Pittsburgh to fall off a cliff and the Senators just need to win out essentially like for anything to, to, to happen, I guess. Pittsburgh kind of has been falling off a cliff though, Jack, as they're four, five and one. I mean, the Sens are three, six and one in the last 10, not much better, but <laughs> they just can't figure it out with Tristan Yari. I think, uh, he's going through injury struggles again here. I'm pretty sure they had to do a quick emergency call up with Tukarski and now DeSmith's holding on to things. So, it's going to be so interesting going down the stretch uh, how the Sens fare because everybody's got injury uh, issues here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you don't have injuries at this point in the year, I mean, you haven't really been playing, to be honest. And uh, maybe the Bruins are the only team that doesn't have any injuries right now or any serious ones. They're just rolling right well, now. Well, they but... started the season with – they got theirs out of the way. True, quick, Jack. true. Uh, no McAvoy, yeah. no Marchand, and uh, they figured it out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they – they're doing all right, I think. Eh? They might be, might might make the the record for most wins or something like that. That'd be okay. Yeah, decent, but could be an interesting playoff matchup round one. Sens and Bruins. Just saying, yeah. just yeah. saying. Um, so the Senators get a five two win. Jack, you've highlighted a couple people in this game, but who is your official Sens Central standout? I'm gonna go with a guy I kind of skipped over at the beginning. Probably not the best Senator on the ice, uh, but Brady's better. I'm going Brady Kachuk. I think. His goal in the first was great. Uh, I thought his play on DeBrinket's game winner, he made the pass to Batherson. He yep. spotted him. He started the play. And and I'm going to highlight one other uh, play I love from him. Stutzel gets lit up by Gudis in the middle of the ice there at yeah. the end of the second, which actually was a delayed penalty that led to that power play that DeBrinket scored on. So that wasn't the penalty on Gudis, but there was a delayed penalty. So Brady... It's a clean hit on Stutzel, okay? He had his head up. He was okay. They both yep. took a good lick on that, right? Kachuk going up to Gudis and not dropping the gloves, okay? Waiting, seeing if Gudis would. If Gudis drops them first, you can't call an instigator on Brady. I don't think – I'm sure he knows the rules. He was just talking, and I'm sure he asked him to go, and he probably wanted to, but he doesn't. And by doing that, he keeps the power play intact and then makes the play to get the game-winning goal on it late in the second. That's a TSN turning point right there. And I think that's the maturity of the captain that we're seeing. And I, I said I was going to mention Matthew Kachuk a little bit. I, I saw, I noticed he was frustrated. And I'm not saying we haven't seen Brady get frustrated. We have, yeah. especially this year. But I think Matthew let his emotions get the better of him tonight. He plays more like a rat. And I'm not saying I wouldn't love to have him on my team. But he, like, all the jabs after the whistle and all the, you know, he's coming sucker punching everyone after every whistle if he's if there's a scrum. I, I'm very, very content with Brady Kachuk on our team leading the way as a, as a person in the community, all this. Not that it was ever up for debate. I don't think anyone's saying we wish we had Matthew, but I think a game like tonight when all the marbles were on the table, Sens needed to win, Florida needed to win, Brady Kachuk showed up and he was a better player than his brother. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, Matthew Kachuk had a couple good chances. We mentioned that shot off the crossbar. Uh, he had another good opportunity where Sogard makes a great blocker save, but ultimately can't get it done in this one. Justin S., again, thank you for the donation, but great question. I can't believe I didn't get to this yet. Who gets the goggles in this one? I believe Mad Sogard has it, right? Dylan Ferguson, gave, it was a crease-to-crease goalie special. Um, who gets the goggles? So we got to put Brady in there. Obviously, I think he's got to be in the mix. Uh, who else do you guys got? I, I'm going to go. We'll lead this into my Sun Central standout. My Sun Central standout presented by the Gleep Central Pub is going to be Mad Sogard. I like once again, he had a consistent game up against a good offensive team in the Florida Panthers. He shut the door on Matthew Kachuk, like we talked about. Jack, I thought his best save all night was Duclair steals the puck away from Shabbat when the Sens are uh, pressuring in the O-zone. Shabbat kind of loses it at the blue line. Duclair, we know how fast he is. Sens fans have seen his speed firsthand. He whizzes by Shabbat, but good on Shabbat for catching up, putting pressure on him. But Duclair gets the breakaway and does a forehand, backhand little deke there. And... Sogard makes that big pad save and you talked about him being such a big body like those are the kind of saves where when you're a six seven goal you just got to spread out and likely on a deke on a breakaway if you spread those pads out you can cover up most of the net even if he gets a good uh, first move on you so I thought that was a great save by Sogard I thought he really had to be sharp to keep his team in this one so my central standout is going to be Sogard so we'll go with those two guys in the goggle uh, discussion here I think you could probably throw Hamannick in this one, eh? For a nice block, uh, getting assist on the power play. I, I think he's worthy of the goggles. But who do you guys think? Let me know in the chat who do you guys think is uh, the fourth guy here. We got Brady, Sogard, Hamannick. Uh, Jack, you got another guy off the hop? Throw the franchise in there. Why not? I don't think he's okay, gotten, he has nice. gotten this year. Might, might as well. I think a lot of people wanted him to get them after the Tampa game, uh, after that snipe. But uh, this would be a good one, too. I think, I think he could... Uh, might be heading the blue line tonight here, fellas. I, I think if you're a soul guard and you like, you know, you watch your defenseman in front of you, I think Branstrom's had a really good stretch. So I wouldn't be surprised if Branstrom gets them. Yeah, uh, that, that'd be pretty cool. Good good moment for the team, I think. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, this team does such a good job of, well, uh, Mad Sogard will have to be the decider of this. But, like, just noticing when a guy needs a boost. And it's not anything crazy, but it's just like, hey – we want you to know that we all got your back and we all saw you had a good game. Like it's not necessarily like there's been times where guys have had uh, multi-point nights and they don't get the goggles over someone that maybe has one goal or just one point or just has a good game and they still get the goggles. So that's what you want to see from this type of exercise is it gives the chance for the boys to show support for someone that's maybe a, a bit down and out. I got one here, Pilsy. Who there. hasn't gotten the goggles other than Brandstrom? I was just thinking about that because I know it might just be Eric Branstrom. Has Timmy gotten them? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I mean, Holden started with them, didn't he? Like, he was the guy that started the trend. Well, he, he had the bike helmet. He might not have had the goggles yet. Okay, but he started oh, the right. goggles trend, they were, right? They were in honor of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was like in honor of him getting the spray tan or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It uh, might just be Branstrom of, like, regulars. I don't know if anyone – like. Watson's gotten them. Broussard's gotten them. Gautier had A lot them. of people are saying Gambrell. I don't think I've seen Gambrell with the goggles. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We need... Uh, Batson we need, has had them, I think. Next se- Yeah, Batson definitely has. Next season, we need to have an account officially follow this. I think last year, uh, there was one, yeah. Sens was doing yeah, the bike yeah. helmet graph. With, so 
We, yeah. we got to come together as a community and get this sorted out. Because too often, Ross and I are sitting here being like, who has the goggles again? So we need yeah, someone to yeah. keep us uh, in check here. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, Brandstrom should get them. Like, just round out the season with a couple games to go. Give them to the guy who hasn't had them yet. He had a great game. Yep, love it. So I'm going to be excited to see who ends up getting the goggles here. Uh, Jack, we'll leave with this. The next game is up against the Philadelphia Flyers at home on March 30th. Giroux revenge game, that's for sure. What are you looking to see from the Sens here? Like, it's such a different style of game, Jack, because they've gone from playing, this is a murderer's row of opponents here. Edmonton, Colorado, Toronto. Ah, Toronto's not really that good. Uh, Pittsburgh, Boston, Tampa, New Jersey, Florida. And then you get the Flyers here. So it's a bit of a different style of opponent here. What do you think the Sens need to focus on heading into this one? If I'm if I'm the Sens, or if I'm DJ, excuse me, I'm just just give the fans a show. Do what you did tonight, essentially. But, you know, it, it's hard to, yeah. And, and Tyler Clevin, Probably going to play. I would assume he comes in for Holden. Uh, just, just, just give the guys or give the fans something to cheer for. Even if you're not going to make the playoffs, this has been a great year on home ice for the Sens. So, just, just go off on a high note on these last four or five games they have. Um, that's, that's what my message would be because it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get up. Uh, I think for for a game like that against the Flyers. And are, are you with uh, with Eric here? K Train t- debut the Tyler Clevin's first game. Why not make it on home ice? I know they want the, right. to control the matchup a little bit. I'd rather that against than against the Leafs. Um, although, let him get his feet wet, and then if he has a great game, unleash the beast against Toronto because that would be a fun matchup to watch. Especially considering the Sens traded with the Leafs to get that pick to pick Tyler Clevin. There's a lot of discourse after that, but uh, he this is where this is where it matters. Just if you can staple yourself in the NHL. Uh, that's all that matters. Who cares about vote uh, draft value and pick value? Yeah, uh, I'm so excited to see Tyler Clevin play in the pros because he had. We uh, talked to Brad Schlosserman of the Grand Forks Herald, who covers North Dakota, a legendary reporter. There, we get all our inside tips from Brad. He's a great dude as well. He's been on the show a couple times, and he mentioned how Clevin had to dial back his physical game a lot because he was doling out big hits just absolutely destroying kids after their uh their economics 101 class in college and they're just getting absolutely crushed by clevin on a friday night but that's where clevin's not gonna have to do that anymore he's gonna be able to let it fly and he's a big kid that can throw his weight around and he's got an offensive touch as well so i'm excited to see what he can do at the pro level yeah i think it'll be a great debut for him and i'm assuming he's gonna go in I mean, you don't you don't tease that and then not send him in so that's my uh that's my guess yeah, all Sens fans are going to want to see that, that's for sure. But we did get a treat already, a 5-2 win over the Florida Panthers to inch closer to that playoff spot. I know I'm probably delusional, Jack, but I still believe here. And mostly, I've said this a couple times, but mostly just because we're in a position where we can. It's close enough that it's not crazy. It's far enough that we're it's the Mufasa Claus on the cliff. We're barely hanging on. Scar's looking to shove us off, but we're clinging on here so i'm just gonna revel in that moment and uh just enjoy where this team is at because it's been a while for sense fans uh getting able to have meaningful games this late jack any final thoughts for you before we wrap this one up i got nothing man who wants it that's that's all that's all i gotta say i mean if if it's gonna continue on like this they keep winning who wants it 
Yeah, who wants it? I'm glad we can kind of bring that back around because that was uh, it was too good of a moment to just be dead and gone after a week and a tough road trip. So hashtag who wants it? Who effing wants it? The Ottawa Senators with a big 5-2 win over the Florida Panthers. Next is Thursday's game at home against the Philadelphia Flyers. Guys, let's get some go, sends, go in the chats here. Let's get all caps, go, sends, go. Thank you to all, well, mostly all, most 227 people here in the chat. We love all you guys. Sens fans, this is a great win for this team with some big, big names in the house. So go Sens, go in the chat. The Ottawa Senators win 5-2 over the Florida Panthers. Thank you for myself, Brandon Piller, for Jack Richardson. Have a good night. This has been another edition of the Locked On Senators podcast postcast. It's your team every day.